I'm John Bond. Welcome to Move Yourself Happy. Made for fitness enthusiasts who want to make their passion their profession. Are you unhappy in your present job? Are you passionate about health and fitness? Do you want to release your true potential? If the answer is yes, this podcast is for you. I will be teaching you the specific knowledge that every trainer and coach needs to be successful. So listen closely as I share my expertise with you. So just like me, you can love what you do. Welcome back. Now in the last episode, I was talking about absolute strength. What is absolute strength? What are the benefits and how can we develop strength in our clients? Now this episode, I'm moving my way up the progression pyramid that we use at Storm Fitness Academy and we're going to talk about power, power training. Now, what is power? What are the benefits of developing power in our clients? And how can we program to improve our clients' power? Let's begin. Now, power is all about strength. So we're incorporating our our absolute strength, our relative strength, all the strength parameters that we've talked about in previous episodes, but we're combining that with speed. And that's the fundamental difference there. So with power, it's all about generating as much force as we possibly can in the shortest space of time. And when we do that, we produce power, explosiveness. So think about anything where you're trying to generate as much force as you possibly can in the shortest period that you possibly can, and that will be an example of power. And it's gonna be an explosive movement. So think about box jumps, jumping onto a box, or jumping as high as you can. I'm sure as a kid, you were just like me, and you couldn't go past a basketball ring without jumping up and trying, touching the ring or grabbing the ring. Um, That is an example of power explosiveness in the ankles, the knees, the hips, reaching up as high as you can. So whenever we do anything that practices explosiveness, so explosive movements like jumping, punching, throwing, sprinting, we are developing power and we're practicing power. Which obviously means that those movements and the derivatives of those movements, when we break those movements down, they can be utilised for power training. Now, what are the benefits? Well, for a non-athlete, again, you might argue, do I really need to be able to sprint fast? Do I need to really, really need to be able to jump high? Do I need to be able to throw? Do I need to be able to hit hard? Yeah, possibly not, but you never know. You never know. There might be a situation where one of those, those movement patterns, those explosive movement patterns, could save your life. Or... You know, if, if we're not even being as dramatic as that, just could benefit you in some way, shape or form. Now, i got kids, so I do have to sprint occasionally when I'm playing with them. If I'm playing football with my son Jaden or Betsy, um, you know, if I'm doing any kind of activity that involves jumping, you know, I sometimes take them to the park and we, we do play a bit of basketball or what have you. So there are, there are going to be occasions where I certainly do sprint and I certainly do jump do I need to punch well I do like doing a bit of pad work with my clients so I do actually get to punch quite regularly punching pads and punching bags and things but you never know one day 
I might have to defend myself and, and use that. So I don't think it's a bad thing to be able to develop the ability to be able to do that and generate power. Throwing things, again, you can link that to playing sports. If you're playing with the kids or if you're an adult that still plays sport, recreational sport, there might be a throwing element to the sport you play. And obviously when we're doing these things, you know, when we're, there's, there's, there's research out there that shows that when you're throwing a punch, even if it's into a pad or a bag, apart from the fact that you're, the coordination involved with it is going to be great for brain training, which is good for anyone as they're getting older, well, and younger, but also that impact that goes through your musculoskeletal system is going to be good for increasing bone density, just generally increasing the robustness of your skeleton. And when we do these things regularly, we get better, we get more efficient, and we're less likely to injure ourselves if we ever have to do it. Often when people hurt themselves, it's because they're doing something they're not used to doing. You know, if that's picking something heavy up in the garden, twisting, whatever, they're doing a movement that they're not, not used to doing, and that's why they get hurt. Now, if we talk about athletes, I think it kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? Most athletes within their sport or their activity will have to sprint, jump, think about mixed martial arts. They do lots of, lots of throwing, throwing people, throwing their, their opponent around, around the ring, around the cage. They're going to do lots of striking, whether it's with their hands, the feet, knees, elbows, etc. So that kind of speaks for itself, doesn't it? That obviously we do need to develop power within our athletes because that's going to trans transfer over into, you know, onto game day or fight day, whatever you want to call it. So there we go. Tons of benefits there. Now, when it comes to programming... Now, again, some of that will speak for itself because I've just laid out a few movements or exercises that will develop explosiveness. So, you know, just practicing jumping, you are going to get better at jumping. You're going to develop the power in your ankles, knees and your hips. But there are some other sneaky little tricks or training methods and techniques that you can utilize that are going to help with that as well. One of those is called complex sets. So complex sets is where you can you combine... Uh, an exercise that taps into your fast twitch muscle fibers. And that's typically a strength exercise. So we might call that a, well, there is actually another name for this. So post-activation potentiation, so PAP, PAP training. This is where you do a heavy compound lift, like a barbell back squat or a deadlift. And then immediately afterwards, you then do your explosive movement. So that could be like your box jump and the science behind this is when we do the heavy lift so say we do a, a heavy barbell back squat maybe a heavy set of three reps and when I say heavy I'm talking like 85 90 percent of your one repetition max what that does is it tells your nervous system to recruit as many muscle fibers as many motor units as possible to be able to move that bar because it's heavy now, while those, mus those muscle fibers and, and units are recruited, we then carry out the explosive movement. So we're, we're getting to, well, we're sort of reinforcing that relationship there, but then we're, we're encouraging those muscle fibers to, to be more explosive. Now, I won't go into the, the science because there's something called rate coding and you know, increasing the frequency of the action potential. All that stuff's quite boring. You don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think that coaches and trainers need to understand all that. Really, it doesn't make you a better trainer. 
other than understanding that if you do something enough, you get better at doing it. And that's pretty much it. So we do the big heavy compound lift and we immediately follow it with an explosive exercise. And if you go back to the last episode where I talk about reps and sets and what have you, we know that for developing you know, absolute strength, you want to, lots of nervous system adaptation, we don't really want to be exceeding five reps because if we go heavier than five, if we go more than five reps, we obviously have to reduce the weight and that's not going to be intense enough to get the optimal adaptations that we want. So sets of two reps, three reps, four reps, five reps is going to be pretty standard. And you can use those rep, that rep range for the same when you then conduct your, your box jumps or your, you know, your vertical jumps, your counter movement jumps, your standing broad jumps. Think of every jump variation going. You've also got things like the plyometric stuff where you've got um, drop jumps and uh, you've got um, box to box jumps. So there's lots of variations. So we teach a lot of these on the level four strength and conditioning course that we do. So we do those, we might do a heavy set of three barber back squats and then we might do three counter movement jumps. And again, three to five sets of those, so just follow, follow the normal parameters for strength development. It's gonna work well with your power development as well. Now start off with your beginner clients, you wanna start off with lower volume. So maybe just start off with, you know, even just two sets of that, three, and then, you know, don't go straight in there with five sets. You might have two or three of those supersets planned. So you could do some, some lower body stuff, but you might also do some upper body stuff. So think about a heavy barbell bench press going into a medicine ball throw. Great for boxers, great for developing punching power. You know, really strengthen up the, uh, the chest muscles, the triceps, the anterior deltoids with the bench press, recruit those motor units and muscle fibers, then train them to explode quicker with the, the medicine ball, um, you know, medicine ball throw against a wall or, or to you as the, as the trainer. So you've got a few options there. So I would, that's, that's what I would do for a client. Now, that, bear, bearing in mind, you know, just if you are just listening to this episode for the first time, this is getting towards the tip of the pyramid. So I wouldn't bring a client straight into this even if they're an athlete, because often athletes, they don't have any experience of working in, you know, what we might call the weight room or, or the gym. You know, they've got no resistance training background. So if they've got no background, don't care what your goal is, you're going to have to start from the bottom like everybody else. You can start with developing your stabilizing, stabilization and building coordination, building some endurance before you kind of earn the right to do that high intensity explosive stuff. That's my opinion anyway. So there we go. Now, we can't really have a podcast about power training without discussing Olympic lifting. So I'm going to go there. Olympic lifting. So for those of you who don't know, Olympic lifting is, well, it's two lifts really. Uh, so the, sorry, the sport of Olympic lifting is the snatch and the clean and jerk. And uh, the idea is to get as much weight above your head as possible in those two movement patterns, the snatch and the clean and jerk. So it's a one, it's a measure, you know, it's a measure of absolute strength slash power because it's very, very explosive. And there are, there are lots of benefits to it, but it's slightly controversial because there is a real sensible argument to say, why bother getting an athlete, unless they are an Olympic lifter, why bother to get an athlete to do these lifts when they're so difficult to learn technically, 
The mobility is, is tough. You've got to have really good mobility to get into the actual, to execute the movement safely and effectively, you've got to have good mobility. So why go for all that bother of doing that for athletes? Um, when they've got so much so much else to do, you know. Think about uh, again MMA. God, they have to do everything, don't they? So they have to have so many high levels of fitness in so many different areas that you haven't really got time to be dicking around with learning the Olympic lifts. So uh, there's pros and cons, and I honestly don't think there's a right or wrong answer. My preference probably would be lean towards the the derivatives of the list, meaning like the broken down versions, the regressions of them. So like you know. If you, go, if you break down a, a snatch, you can break down a snatch into you've got a power snatch. So a power snatch is easier than the full snatch, less injury risk. So you, 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 know, you could program that, and I probably would, especially as my power snatch is way better than my, my full snatch. <laughs> so if I'm demonstrating, I'd much rather demonstrate that. Um, but again, it's just, you know, it's all about risk to reward ratio. So just first of all, before I kind of slate Olympic lifting, the, the, the pros are it develops what we call the hip snap or triple extension. So triple extension is where you fully extend at the ankles, the knees and the hips. And anyone who develops their ability to extend very, very explosively their ankles, knees and hips simultaneously will jump higher and sprint faster. So just by practicing and getting very, very good at conducting a snatch or a clean and jerk, you are indirectly, you're working all the time on that triple extension and triple extension under load. So the result being, you're gonna be more powerful in the hips, the knees and the ankles. So training those lifts will transfer into that explosiveness. I mean, it just will, it's just, you know, it's basic, basic physics. Um, but the, yeah, the cons are a lot of, lot of practice. The core, it's a very complex, the snatch and the clean and jerk are very complex movements. So it is quite hard to get the, the technique. It's, it's, it's thousands of reps of practice, really. Well, it is for me. Might not be for everyone else, but it was for me. <laughs> and, um, and then getting into the, the finish position as well, you need a great, great external rotation of the shoulders to be able to get the bar resting on the shoulders the elbows up during the, you know for the the uh the clean the clean and jerk um you need to have good hamstring mobility there's this there's a lot of things involved so i suppose with athletes just be sensible look at the program look at their week look at their schedule and go look is this is this the best use of our time it might not be it might be that you just break it down you do things like um, you know, hang cleans, hang snatches. So they're not being, you're not getting the ball away from the floor. So you're reducing the, the movement pattern slightly to make it easier. Even like your kettlebell swings, to be fair, are like, you know, they're, uh, they're probably <laughs> just as effective at developing that hip snap. Um, or certainly they are effective at developing the hip snap anyway. Um, so th that, that's kind of my thoughts on that. And then with, with non-athletes, do, do you know what? Uh, do them if the client likes them. If, you know, I've done, I've tried to teach clients before that have just gone, oh, and they get, you can see they're getting so frustrated. And I'll say to them, look, you don't have to, there's no reason why we have to actually learn these. So if you're not getting, if you're not, if you're not enjoying the challenge of this, 
we don't need to do them. We can do something else. Let them make that choice. Because even if you break it right down, breaking it right down to the simplest, you know, movement patterns, it's still not everyone's cup of tea. So you've got to fa factor that in. Individuality, individuality, treat all your clients as individuals. Just because one of your clients absolutely loves Olympic lifting doesn't mean that all your clients will. So factor that in as well. So there we go. So if I'm going to program for my clients after they've you know had a successful successful completion of all the other phases of training, I'll then move on to some power training, and I would start with complex complex sets, utilizing what we call post-activation potentiation (PAP). Big heavy compound followed by a nice explosive movement, whether that's for the lower body like box jumps or for the upper body medicine medicine ball throws. Uh, I would bring in some Olympic lifts if I thought they were irrelevant and I thought my client would enjoy the challenge. I would break them down massively first and build them up gradually. Um, but they're, they're my go-to methods really for power development. All right. Now, in the next episode, I'm going to talk about what I call hybrid training, which is a bit of a buzzword, hybrid training. I quite like it. It's getting a little bit overused now, as every trendy word does. But uh, I'll tell you more about that in the next episode. Enjoy the rest of your day, and I'm gonna finish my walk. Now, if you enjoyed today's episode, something you can do for me is subscribe to my show. And if you know anyone else that might be interested in this content, then please share it with them too. You can also head over to our socials and follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. But if you're ready to take that next step, visit our website www.stormfitnessacademy.co.uk fill out a contact form that will come straight to me i will contact you shortly afterwards and i look forward to speaking to you then